0: Hey guys, this is the Walking Well podcast and I am your host, Joanne Martz. Thank you as always for listening and tuning in, subscribing, for paying attention. Like it's always so encouraging um, when people come back and say like that the podcast is impacting them, that they've been thinking about something that was shared. And that I think is just a miracle in and of itself. Um, as I've told you guys before, I just think it's crazy, kind of wild, but it's Jesus. It's kind of how he does things we're supposed to um have lives that people can eat the fruit from so that's kind of just participating in the system even though it's still kind of mind-blowing to me but whatevs um so for season three of the podcast if you've been following along you know that we've been spending time on our inner person on our the the selves of us that is the most us right like we've just been honing in on who we are who God is um what it means to walk in righteousness what it looks like to renew our minds how do we um not fall victim when the enemy is assaulting us so many things. What do we do when we mess up? We've just spent a lot of time on where we live our lives from, like our heart. And today is really no different. Today we are talking about um, God with us. And so one of the things that has been really interesting to me walking out this season of my life and even looking back on past seasons is that um, when we find ourselves with Um, the enemy attacking us, chaos is popping off, life feels upended. Sometimes we get this like spiritual amnesia where we forget everything. (laughs) And I think we're most prone to this when we've not been on it, when we've kind of let some things slip and slide, some disciplines fall to the side, we've not been in our word. And maybe not fellowshipping with believers, not checking crazy thoughts when they float into our minds, we just kind of fall off. And believe you me, I know what that's like. I'm speaking from experience. I know how that goes. But I think the spiritual amnesia that happens when um, we are just slapped with life or even the enemy kind of just coming at us is because in some ways we have let some things slide and slip. Um, Other times it's just you feel so upended that life is just like, whoa, what just happened? I didn't see this coming what? Um, But God is with us. And I think that is a primary reality and a primary truth that we lose sight of when everything that we can see is going bonkers. And so I want to take some time to really just hone in on um, this strategy of the enemy, but how to not um, allow that to completely take your eyes off of who you are and who God is, right? So we're going to just sort of hop in there. So you heard me talk about the spiritual amnesia. And I think, you know, I've talked about my life in this past year and how things have gotten crazy and things are settling in and settling down. But one of the key things that I think happened for me with just (laughs) being blindsided was that I just forgot. Like I just, it was, and it was kind of crazy because there'd be times where I'd read the word and I was like, man, why can't I remember it? <laughs> like, Why am I having such a hard time pulling this up? And that's really because there was a season before this year started where I was just lazy, all like high key lazy and wasn't, I didn't have a word rich diet. One, one, I wasn't like meditating. I wasn't doing the things that I needed to do to make sure that my heart stayed um, posture before the Lord where God could just drop something. And I was like, oh yeah, Lord. Cause I said, you know, I read this and you said this and I'm, I'm on it. Got you, I'm with you, I'm flowing, I'm flowing. Like that just wasn't my posture. Like I was kind of a flabby Christian. Um, and I think it's kind of like <laughs> I did this thing, so um, I picked up flag football a couple of years ago. And mind you, I picked up flag football after not being active, like at all. Um and like one of the first games that I went out to play, and you know, you you have practices, but you're not going full force. I was put on rushing. Um, and what the rusher does is they run at the quarterback to kind of like keep them from throwing the ball or, you know, get in their face so they don't have just a clear shot at all their receivers. And so with that, you know, you're like gunning it every time. You're just gunning it, gunning it, gunning it. And I don't think I popped my hamstring, but I definitely strained it by about the fourth time that I was gunning it after having done nothing, right? Right for a long time. Um, and I think sometimes when chaos pops off, when circumstances go crazy, when you know, you get cut from a job and you didn't see that coming, when your kid tells you like, hey mom, I think I'm gay. Like when all those things, the, the life things that happen um, that also have a, a some roots and some spiritual reality, when those things pop off, um, I think it's kind of like when you want to hop into like this i'm I'm well conditioned my heart is used to this sort of activity like we we want to be in in perfect shape and we haven't invested in that um and so there's this sort of fallout there's this sort of like spasming that can happen because you know you maybe you haven't been praying consistently maybe you haven't been seeking the Lord and then you have this opposition that shows up and you're not in in the condition that you need to be to be ready for it and in that space, you forget all of your training because you haven't been on your training. You've not been reading. You've not been praying and not even like in a workspace kind of way, like just keeping yourself um, spiritually fit. I am going to mess this up, but I think it's Second Timothy 2. Um, that talks about there are different types of utensils in a home. Some are wooden, some are made of precious metals. And the ones that are made of precious metals are, are kept for noble use. They're pulled out for special occasions. And so you want to keep yourself fit for noble use is how the scripture says it in um, the Amplified version. And so... One of the really big things that that kind of has to happen beforehand, not even beforehand, but one of the things that you've got to know is if you haven't had a word heavy life, if you've not been seeking the Lord, if you've not been in the presence of God, it gets really hard to remember who you are and who God says you are and who God says he is in that space. It's so, 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 so hard. So hard. <laughs> it's so hard. And it's so hard that oftentimes we forget and we don't know. Um, and that makes... Um, pushing back on the enemy, pushing back on lies, pushing back on anxiety and fear and terror and torment really, really hard. It makes it hard to believe that God has provision for you. It makes it hard actually to believe the word. You find yourself in the space where um, believing the word feels like it's swallowing a, a, a bowling ball. Even if all the other times in your life, it was real easy to believe God. You're just like, yeah, God, that's what your word says. I believe you. In this space where you've been a flabby Christian And the enemy is coming at you or life is just looking crazy. It can be, it is just like the worst possible um, realities colliding, but that's okay. Right. So let's kind of rewind. Um, We've talked about uh, surviving assault was the episode that we did this season, kind of just talking about what you need to do when the enemy comes against you and he's just throwing all that he has. Um, And this is kind of, around that, but a little bit more about how you respond and the things that we've got to know and moving forward when he comes like a flood. So um, you've got to know that the enemy's strategy is real basic, y'all, is divide and conquer. We go back to Genesis 3, the first time we ever see him mentioned, um, he's called the serpent. Now the serpent was the most subtle beast of the field. And his whole thing was, Hey, God is not who he says he is, right? Like you can't trust him. He's holding out on you. And it was divide so that I could conquer. If I, if I can separate you from this God and I, if I can make you call into question his word, you are a sitting duck and I can just boop, boop and snatch you right up. And so you've got to know that his strategy is divide and conquer, first and foremost. And that's something to carry in your back pocket forever. Um to just know that's his MO. He comes, he calls into question God's word. He's like, mm, "Is God who he says he is? Is he good? Does he actually care about you? Does he actually have provision? Oh, no, he don't have that for you. You're actually going to be in this space forever. You're always going to deal with depression, you're always going to deal with anxiety, you're always going to have a terrible relationship with your mom, you're always going to feel like you're not enough. You're all He's just <laughs> he comes to call into question what God says. You're not fearfully and wonderfully made. Your thighs, look, your feet, your face, oh my, you know. He calls into question what God has said. And then he places a direct contradiction right behind that, right? His whole goal is to separate you from God, from the love of God, from the knowledge of God. Because if you don't know who God is and if you don't trust him, what, what do you have to stand on? And all of the models that we've seen in the scripture with dealing with the enemy, especially in Matthew 2. I want to say Matthew two, it might be Matthew four, um, Jesus, when he went into the wilderness to be tempted of the enemy, the model was, oh, but it is written, but it is written, but it is written. And in that space, you see that Jesus knew one who God was. He knew the word because in the moment where he was pressed, when there was pressure applied to him, the word is what came out. Um, but he also used the word as a weapon. It's just, you know, sword of the spirit. We've got the, the word is a double edged sword. It's sharper than any two edged sword. That's what the scripture says, um, but the model is to deal with him with the word. But one of the things about the word uh, is that you can't just throw scriptures out there, right? That's not, it's not effective. <laughs> you have to mix the things that, um, you have to mix what God says with faith. So that's got to be your actual belief. And let me tell you, one of the things that's kind of unfortunate about the enemy is that he knows when you don't believe something. He just, he just just It's just, it's clear. You think about the seven sons of Sceva where they were like, hey, we command you demon to come out of this man in the name of Jesus that Paul preaches. And that demon was like, yeah, okay. So I know Jesus. Mm -hmm. Paul, yeah, I know. Who are you? You don't even have any personal knowledge. There's no conviction there of who Jesus is. Who is he to you? You don't even know him. Nah, I don't have to listen to you. And, And the scripture says that the demon jumped all over the men and like ripped their clothes off and beat them up. Um... And so there's got to be that knowledge in us, right? We have to have a conviction about the word that we're um, we're pushing back on the enemy with. It's not like an incantation. It's not like a spell. It's not what we're talking about here. We're talking about this is a spiritual reality. This is who God is. This is who God says I am. And because that's truth that I hold firmly in my heart, I speak to this thing that is not lining up with the truth. Okay, so I'm getting ahead of myself again. Back up. (laughs) So there's this point. um, We talk about spiritual amnesia and not quite knowing who we are, who God is that happens sometimes when we've been a flabby Christian and the enemy comes. Right. Or life happens. And that can shake us for a minute and we can just be on our heels. And, you know, as someone who I'm very competitive Feeling like I'm on my heels in competition is like my least favorite feeling. Least favorite. Because that's the point where you're not confident. You're not sure. You're kind of shocked. Like, whoa, I thought I was ready. Clearly I'm not. Yikes, right? Um, And it makes me think of (laughs) the scene in Black Panther. If you haven't seen it, I guess you could pause this and go watch it because it's kind of a spoiler, but it's kind of not. But also you've had plenty of time. So again, this is on you. Um, but there's this, this scene in Black Panther where it's, he's supposed to be crowned king and they call it challenge day. And so with all the tribes that he's leading, they all have to kind of say like, hey, from our tribe, we're not, you know, putting anybody out there to contend with you for the throne. We're just, we're not, we're not challenging you. We're we're accepting your leadership as king. Um, but there's a tribe that comes down from the mountains, the Jabari tribe, and they're like, their leader is like, no, it's challenge day. I'm here, I'm here to contend with you. I want the throne. I think I'd be a better leader. And so he's fighting with the leader, he, T'Challa, <laughs> is fighting with the leader of the Jabari tribe and he's kind of getting lit. Like he's kind of getting it handed to him. And, you know, the entire community is there watching. Well, maybe not the entire. I don't know. I'm not, you know, from Wakanda. But if I were, I would know this. Anyway, you know, the community's watching and he's getting it handed to him. And out of like not even the corner of his eye, he gets like headbutted and his head falls back and he sees his mom. And his mom says this thing. And the first time I heard it, my bones were just like, I just got like chills. She was like, show him who you are. And she just yelled that, show him who you are. And man, like, uh, I it still gives me chills. In combat, in battle, when life is saying, "Hey, forget what the scripture says," I say that you will not have long life. I say this disease is going to eat up your body. You have to have within you this: Who am I? Who does God say that I am? Right? Like, who am I? And you have to show it who you are. Um, and that, friends, is the crux of. God with us, right? If the motive is divide and conquer, I so want you to check your heart and have just this little moment of reflection where you go like, is there any part of me that doesn't believe God and I are on the same team, that God is with me? And throughout the scriptures, I've said this tons of times before on the podcast, like when people would say, oh, God is with me, it was always kind of like okay, so me and God are in this like sinking ship. Yay, (laughs) you know, whoop. (laughs) And I never really understood. I didn't understand for a long time what was so important about God with us. Why does that matter? (laughs) If the situation is bad, it just means me and Jesus are in the situation that's bad together. But yes, that's exactly what it means. It means that you and the God of the universe, whose word is upholding everything that you see, who fed the 5,000 with two loaves, one loaf, two fish, fed the (laughs) 5,000, this is testing my spiritual knowledge, don't judge me guys, Um, that created everything from nothing, that speaks those things that be not as though they were because they are to him, that from the foundations of the world made preparation for your salvation, that God, right, the God that speaks to winds and waves and they settle, that God is with you in this situation. Um, But first you have to remember who he is and who you are. To be able to show the winds and the waves who you are. To manifest the God that's on the inside of you. Don't get weirded out by manifest. It's kind of like a Jesus word First, There's so many things that are God things that the world has hijacked that I just want us to take back. Like meditation. That's ours. Give it back. Give it, give it back. Anyway, so this thing, show him who you are. Um... The enemy's goal is to separate you from your identity and from your life giver. That's just, I mean, that's it. That's his whole, if I can separate, divide and conquer, right? But what our, our job is, is to make sure that we're staying connected. John 15, that we're staying connected and we're seeking our father, that we're imitating him as, imitating him as dearly beloved kids, dearly beloved children. Um. So that we can be showing the world who he is because ultimately the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead is the one that's on the inside of us, right? That's how we that's how we've been made righteous. That's how we're in right standing with God because we have his spirit on the inside of us. And so then it's important. It becomes important to know what are all the rights and benefits that come with that. If I'm a believer What does it mean for how I am in the world? Does it mean I'm just, I'm a mere person? I'm a regular human being? Or does it mean that I have access to the supernatural because I'm an heir of God and a joint heir with Christ Jesus? And what does that even mean to be a joint heir with Christ Jesus? These are all things that we've got to know, right? Because when the enemy comes, he likes to do this. It's a basketball term, full court press. And what that means is on a basketball court, um, if one team scores, That means they're automatically on defense and the team that was formerly on defense or got scored on now has to bring the ball in and attempt to score. But what we can do in a full court press is place all of our defenders right up on, on the people that are throwing the ball in and put pressure on them. So they can't even get the ball down towards their side of the court and hopefully not even close to their basket. Right? And so a lot of times in life, circumstances, people, our emotions, our own mind, presents this full court press situation to us where there's all this pressure. And in that pressure, it's like, well, and, and the beauty of the full court press is that it is very, I mean, it's so much pressure that it, it forces, um, and can cause confusion, which then leads to mistakes and turnovers. And so obviously the enemy's objective is force, pressure, mistake. I, I want your, I want your inheritance. I want your power. I want your authority, Um, I want you to start saying things that don't line up with the word. I want you to start imploding from the inside out. I want you to succumb to sickness. I want you to lose your hope. I want you to surrender your joy. I want you to not even be able to put your hands on your peace, right? I want you to drop that. That's his objective. And in the confusion, sometimes we forget like, oh, no, no, you promised to keep them in perfect peace. Whose minds are stayed on you, that the joy of the Lord is our strength, that you've given me everything that pertains to life and godliness, that you promised to guide me continually, right? And all the confusion, sometimes we forget that. And so I want to kind of talk to you about how we don't forget, how we keep those things the main thing and how we, um, don't drop our inheritance in the midst of pressure because God is with us. So the first thing that we have to do, um, <laughs> to remember who you are and whose you are is to have a word heavy diet and to get in the word, um, You know, it's been really interesting in this season for me that there have been things like it's almost like the enemies pulled out all the stops, like things that I have never experienced in my life. I have never, ever, ever, ever been in a place where I've questioned the word or had a hard time believing it and just struggled and wrestled with like, wait, is this Christian thing? Like, is this a thing? Is this a real thing? Like, is it weird? Like, is this cultish? Am I brainwashed? Like, never in my life have I ever until this year where it was like a, a serious sit down, like. Who, like it was almost like having sitting down and having a conversation with myself like wait who are you like when did this happen and it's those moments again when you're a flabby christian it's like you don't you're not using muscles so you're not building muscles and the things that you don't build the things that you don't use they go away and you don't understand and sometimes you don't recognize when doubt is being seeded when you're not exercising your faith how it's shrinking you know and just the seasons of being a flabby christian <laughs> it's just You don't realize that it's happening, but it's it's slowly over time when you're not addressing things, when you're not casting thoughts down, when you're not um, getting in the word and staying filled up. Like if your spirit man is just like a regular person, how many times is he eating? How many times is she eating? How many times are you actually getting in the word and getting fed and meditating on it? Because if you're not like how, how do you expect it to grow? You've heard me say that I'm a plant mom. And so there are times when I look at my plants and I'm like, oh shoot, like you need water. There are other times when I'm looking at the leaves and the leaves are kind of like yellowish and it's like, ooh, you might need some plant food. Like you don't, the soil is, is not giving you what you need to survive and to produce fruit, right? And so if our hearts are soil that are producing, if our hearts are soil and our lives should be producing fruit, you know, how much word do you invest in that? Um, I want to take us to a couple verses. Most of them are in Psalms. Um t- t- p- p- Psalms nineteen is actually where we're gonna start. So it's gonna be about Psalms nineteen seven, not about that's exactly where we're going. <laughs> and I'm reading from the Amplified. So the law of the Lord is perfect, restoring the whole person. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making the why, making wise the simple. Um, I love this verse because I think we're in this time sort of in like the world and the body of Christ. Um, in the church, at least, because anyway, in the church, um, where there are some basics, it's kind of like people are kind of like, I, you know, all of this is traditionalism, and all I need is like Jesus and the word, and that's it. And in some ways, I see people throwing out the baby and the bathwater, like, um, you know, don't fast. That's the law. It's like, well, I mean, fasting to get, if doing anything to get is is the law, right? If you, then I, that's the law. Um, But like just fasting to declutter so that you can hear, just consecration so that you can get before the Lord and seek him without distractions. Like that's not religious. (laughs) Like that's a useful tool to have in your spiritual arsenal. Um, Mm -hmm. But I think sometimes we also are like, yeah, I can read a quote. And I'll like read a, a scripture and that'll be it and I'm good. And it's like, Yeah, I mean you could, but like is that like is that what God is leading you to do? Is God what about your times of study? You know, how how much word are you actually getting? And not in a religious sense, again, like I'm not being like, let me load onto you all these things that you ought to do. I'm not trying to load you with ought to's. I'm just trying to say, Hey, like if you're not eating it, it's not gonna come out of you. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks, right? And and the other thing is to kind of weigh your time, like watching movies, not a sin, listening to music, not a sin. But like, if you can spend hours on on social media, I really think it's probably pretty probable that you could maybe spend a similar amount of time seeking the Lord. Why not? Like, you know, I think about Peter often when he's like, "Um, Lord, where are we going to go? You have the words of life. And are we actually treating the word like it is, it is life, you know? Jesus said, I'm spirit, my words are spirit and they're life. But are we treating it like that? Like, is is it really an essential? Like water, I take y'all. I have a little green canteen. It's not little. It's like forty ounces, and it goes everywhere with me because God forbid I show up somewhere thirsty because that is the worst feeling ever. And so, like with the word, like how word heavy is my diet? But if it's if it's supposed to be everything, right? Like if if His word is life, am I treating it like it's an essential? Am I treating it like? It's something necessary because if I'm not, then maybe I don't consider it to be necessary. But let me tell you, when you find yourself in a tight bind, that is the thing (laughs) I knew when like Satan came with all the torment. When all the pressure was on me, I was like, yo, I got to get in the word. (laughs) I have to get this word in me because this is the thing. This is it. This is how I, I pry the lies off of me. This is how I get some breathing room. This is how I break the full court press. It's with the word. And I found myself struggling like, and what's interesting to me about kind of that, that phase, like I, I can memorize things really easily. But I had been relying on the things that I had memorized and had heard and wasn't continuing to hear, wasn't continuing to memorize, wasn't continuing to pour in. And so when it was like, yo, I got to reach for it, it was like crumbs. I had crumbs left over because I wasn't continually doing it, right? I wasn't, con- I wasn't being renewed constantly. I wasn't investing in the word. I just wasn't. I wasn't. And so when it came time to make a withdrawal, it was like, oh, girl, you got pennies. You don't, you don't, <laughs> you don't got enough of that, mm-mm. You know, and and in that space, when you're trying to, when you're under attack and you're also at the same time trying to build something, like I, now I got to build up my, re- my reservoir. Like I got to be putting the scriptures in me while at the same time I'm needing to pull it out to, to fight daily. That was like the worst. <laughs> and so it's really important to know that, yo, you've got to have the word in you ultimately because there's got to be this recall, like, you've given you've been given the Holy Spirit and he's going to lead you into all truth and teach you all truth and remind you of all truth but if you haven't invested anything he has nothing to remind you of <laughs> if you haven't spent time with the word how is he going to remind you of the truth you kind of like out here fighting with a pool noodle like i hope you stay away satan life get better i'm hopeful <laughs> like and what why what and here's the other thing you know i think about being an adult <laughs> you know you've got like a health insurance policy you've got car insurance and that tells you what's covered and so if you don't know what's covered how do you know what to expect what to demand of of your circumstances you know i think often about um you know bodies one of the th- one of the areas that's really easy for me to believe in is like physical health super super easy financial stuff super super easy for me to believe god in um this emotional stuff has been interesting but we gonna get sharp on that too uh, but it's really easy for me to believe like, oh, well, I have a need, then God has provision. That is like two plus two equals four to me. I, I do not stagger at that. I don't struggle with that at all. Um, but it's because I know, oh, healing is your children's bread. By your stripes I am healed, you sent forth your word and healed me. And that I is just I mean, I I've had like all kinds of things pop off in my body. And it just stayed on that, stayed on the word. Been like, oh, okay, well, cells, tissue, organs, organ systems. You need to align with the word, and just stay on it. And eventually, it just all kind of lines up. Now, in the areas that I struggle, that I'm kind of like, oof, <laughs> convince me, Lord. <laughs> That's a little bit more back and forth. Where I'm like, who's oh, God gonna do it? Oh, is God gonna do it? I don't know. I mean, His Word says that He is. But I'm a little, and so you got to, in some ways, also have to know what your, what your pressure points are. Like, okay, where are the areas that I struggle? You know, like Romans where I stagger a little bit at the promise of God. And shore those areas up, get in the wording and just, because you don't want to have to build an arsenal. You're not, you don't want to have to build a weapon you know while you're at the same time needing to use it that gets really hard and frustrating and kind of chaotic so if you can know what those areas are those vulnerabilities are you can start building up the hole in the wall so that when the enemy comes because it's not if it's when because john 16 because i think i misquoted it last time sixteen thirty three. you will have trouble in this life but take heart i've already overcome the world you know so you can stand with that posture of, oh, overwhelming victory is mine. I may not have ever seen this particular giant before, but if he's standing in front of me and he's saying that he's you know, going to oppose me and take me out, all this kind of stuff, then I have to know that there's victory for me in the midst of his statement. But if I haven't been in the word, then I don't know. And the Holy Spirit can't bring that up when he's talking to me. And so I'm just shaking in my boots because this thing is daunting and scary. And I don't know what the outcome is going to be, even though in the word, if I would have been up in it, I would know that there's victory for me. So I still that to say, um, God with us means that we have a word heavy diet, right? Because when we know who God is, we know what the promises of God are. Um, when we know who God says that we are, then we can demand that that come forth in our lives, in our reality, in our spaces of influence. Um, The other thing that we have to do is, I I struggled with kind of how to say this. Um, I said, (laughs) the other thing is that we have to worship. And I originally thought like worship, like singing songs and getting in the presence of the Lord. But I think what it really is, is is seeking God. And I don't mean seeking God and, and necessarily like give me an answer, but I think like encountering him. Um. Because there's something about encountering God himself that puts steel in your spine. There's something about like, like encountering him, you know, that um, in a lot of ways solidifies, breathes life into the word. If that makes sense? But I think you can experience him in the word as well. Um, hence why I kind of struggled to say this, but it's like seeking presence, seeking the Lord, worshiping him. Um, Worship is is both a purging and an infusing in a really interesting way. Um, I think about times when I'm just sitting before the Lord and just kind of like in stillness. Sometimes I could be talking and be like, God, yo, I am mad. I am so bothered at this, this and this and this. Other times I'm just kind of like, hmm, just listening. There are times when the Lord will wake me up in the middle of the night and he's just like ready to talk. And I'm like, oh, okay. well, let me get my pencil, you know. Let me write that down, put that in the note on my phone. Um, but I'm encountering him and in encountering him, something about just encountering the living God changes the atoms in your body. It just does there. It just, <laughs> I don't have any other words like it changes, changes you. Um, and I think that. Um, like we see that in John four those that worship me must worship me in spirit and in truth, you know, and, and in that chapter, Jesus is talking about giving us living water and that water bubbling up out of us that it, it becomes who we are as we drink him he comes out of us, um, which may sound weird. I don't know that might be a little weird. Um, I want to look at maybe let's do Psalm 34 9. And then we'll maybe look at Psalms 25. So Psalms 34, verse 9. So, O fear the Lord, you his saints, revere and worship him, for there is no want to those who truly revere and worship him with godly fear. And I think about this in conjunction with what we were just talking about, what I just said about the word. Like there is no want to those who are worshiping the Lord when I'm, when I've been seeking God, when I've been communing with him, when I've just been like throughout my day, checking in, Hey Lord, God, I don't know what to say this client. <laughs> like, I don't know what to say. They just dropped a whole bunch. What do I do? You know, Uh oh God, which way should I go home? You know, when I'm just checking in like that with the Lord, um, I don't lack anything because I'm flowing with him, but it, it comes from this, like, he's, he's with me. He's not separate and apart and way out there. He's with me. He's on my team. He's for me. Um, and so I'm connected to him and I'm seeking him. And at th- like, it's relationship. It's, I, I talk to my friends, I'm connecting with them, I'm communicating with them, we're hanging out. I'm seeking, I, I want relationship with them. And so I'm pursuing relationship with them and spending time and interacting and in bonding, like in hanging out, we're, we're spending time together. And I think worship is an avenue of that. Worship being just seeking the Lord, worshiping him literally and singing and, you know, all of that. I dance. Um, that was a really primary form of worship for me for a long time. in my, my walk with God, um, sometimes writing is that for me where it's just like getting out God, what, you know, but it's, it's encountering him, like, and encounters don't always have to end in tears. Like they don't always have to be like this. I was wailing and prostrate, but man, there there's something overwhelming, and not in the bad kind. Not the bad kind of overwhelming. But there's something overwhelming about encountering the Lord. There just is that you're just flooded. And so you probably will cry, or maybe you won't cry. Maybe you'll sing. I don't know. Whatever your expression is, but that's between you and Jesus. Um, but encountering the Lord is the other way that we remember that that the Lord calls to remembrance who he is. One of my favorite verses in the scriptures, especially when I'm feeling overwhelmed by whatever is Psalms 93. Um, and Psalms 93 has this, it starts with describing the Lord. He's robed in majesty. He He's clothed in strength. And then it says like, the waves lift up their voice. They challenge him. They're roaring. But the Lord on high is mightier and more glorious than the noise of many waters. And in those moments when I'm feeling overwhelmed, the waves are the, the, the sense of being overwhelmed. They're challenging my knowledge of God. They're challenging who he says he is to me and in my situation and my circumstance. Um... It's, it's challenging that it's saying like God is not who he says he is God won't come for you this will be your forever you'll always feel stuck you'll always feel rejected whatever it's all this all this noise but I, then I remember and the Holy Spirit calls to mind that scripture that I've planted in my heart <laughs> God on high is mightier he's more glorious the noise of many waters you know when I was terrified of my sin separating me from the Lord John 10. I think it's 28. None can pluck out of his hand. He is, he is the mightiest. No one is stronger than God. He's, nobody's taking you out of his hand. And so in encountering God and spending time with him and worshiping him, um, like those things are brought back up. I, I have read them, but then I've also encountered them in the times that I'm worshiping, in the times that I'm pouring my heart out to the Lord, in the times that I'm seeking him, like, oh, what do I do with this situation? I have this backlog of dealing with God. Where it's like, no, you're true. No, you're faithful. You are who you said that you you will be. And you haven't failed me. I'm still here. You know, no matter how tight, no matter how hard or how dark the situation is, y- you, you're you still faithful. And not because I'm saying that and I don't know it, but because I know it. Like another one of my favorite verses. Um, oof, y'all, I'm trying not to misquote this. I've been doing so great lately. It's in Isaiah. And I want to say it's Isaiah 43, Um, 43, maybe verse two and three, but it also might be Isaiah 46. Um, It's Isaiah 46, Isaiah 46, two and three. So listen to me, says the Lord, O house of Jacob and all the remnant of the house of Israel. you You who have been born by me from your birth, carried from the womb, even to your old age, am I I am he, and even to hair white with age will I carry you. I have made and I will bear, yes, I will carry and will save you. And obviously it's, you know, Old Testament, it's prophetic, it's Isaiah, but I think you hear echoes of it throughout the New Testament, and so you you know it's still good for us um, under the new covenant, and and that's the reminder, right? It's, it's the, I encounter this God who says he's not giving up on me you know, that I meet with daily, that I'm talking to moment by moment, hour by hour. And so it solidifies the fact that God is who he says he is. And so when the enemy comes with pressure, I just, I'm reminded that he's, he's the God that carried me from the womb. And if I can trust him when I don't even know that I need him, when he can do what I need him to do, when I'm not even aware that I need him to do it, then I'm gonna just trust him with the stuff that I'm aware of. Because even when I was, so unaware that I couldn't even ask. He he did, he performed, he carried, and he'll continue to carry. So worship, encounter the Lord, seek after him. Um, Psalms 25 verse 12 is like a bonus. We'll read it though. Psalm 25 verse 12. Who is the man who reverentially, reverently, sorry, fears and worships the Lord? Him shall he teach in the way that he should choose. Um, this is that part about like, walking with God, which I hope to talk about in the next couple of weeks, that like life is meant to be lived walking in step with God. You know, I talked about Lord, which way should I go home? God, I don't know what to say to this client. Um, I'm feeling really frustrated. Just this like this seeking of him that's like the tangible stuff of my life is how I have a backlog with him. It's how I know that he's real. When he tells me, hey, you might want to schedule this on that day, not this one. And I'm kind of like, ooh, why? And he just goes, you might want to schedule on this day, not that one. And I go ahead and and follow that nudging and that prompting. And then later during that week, I see exactly why, you know, he wanted me to schedule on this day and not that. It's like, oh, you real real. <laughs> oh, you not, you not play play. Like you're, an, you're actually, a, okay, Hmm. That's interesting, Lord, <laughs> and you're real, real on the inside of me. Who knew? You know, but those encounters and those moments affirm the truth of the word for you. It's like, oh, I'm living my life practically with you in partnership with you. Huh? You're real. So, encounter, seek the encounters, seek the Lord, ask Him questions, um, live your life with Him because. If you notice, if you know that he's a God who is close at hand and not a far off, then when the enemy comes with pressure, it's so much easier to just reach for his hand because that's how you live your life. Like that's the culture of your life. Oh, I reach for the Lord. Like now he's here with me. We we do this on the daily. So this situation, this chaos, all of this foolishness is no different. It, it's not separate and apart from how I do life all the time. Um, the other thing, it's kind of like a, uh, like a tip trick, um, I really am a believer in playing the scriptures at night while you're sleeping Um, because the Bible says that our spirits don't sleep, right? And so it's kind of like a cheat way to get (laughs) it's a cheat way, I think, to get like just get the word in you. You know, we have however many waking hours of the day, um, and there's something about just, I mean, it's indestructible seed. The word is indestructible seed. And so our hearts are. One of the four types of ground at any given part of the day. Um, but I think while you're sleeping, it's like just this really good way to be sowing the word in your heart and your kiddos' hearts, you know, playing scriptures and things like that. And I always tell my mom, you know, she was like always playing like church music when I was a kid, like gospel music. But like Fred Hammond, who like is kind of like a modern day psalmist, where he would literally like weave scriptures into his songs. And as I was growing up and getting older, I felt like my heart was primed to receive the word because it was like, my parents talked it, they lived it, we went to church, I was hearing it. (laughs) I did not go to kids' church. (laughs) I was in the main sanctuary getting the word. Um, But also just that posture of like having just this, like the words put to song embedded in my heart at an early age, it kind of made like memorization and recall even that much easier for me. And I think like playing the scriptures at night is another way that your soul is getting your spirit man is getting fed. Because again, like word heavy diet, right? Um, and granted, you know, some people are like, I can't sleep with anything playing, okay, you know, cool, cool, cool. Maybe play it while you're driving. Just find ways, get creative, um, about getting the word in your heart. I think the ultimate goal is that you keep your heart fertile, like you want your your soil, the soil of your heart to stay fertile. Um so that when you have to remember when something has to be called to mind when the enemy comes when life happens and it's presenting to you all of the pictures of the worst possible things that you've got the word to pull on and to push back on it with you know again that model that we saw with jesus oh it is written it is written it is written and i think that rightly dividing because i always am like jesus how did you know that time when the enemy was like oh doesn't the scripture say that if you you know throw yourself down. The angels will bear, bear you up in their hands. And he was like, yeah, but the scriptures also say, don't tempt the Lord, your God, don't test him. And I was always just like, how did he know? (laughs) Like, how did he know? Like you're twisting this and you're perverting that. And I think that comes with spending time with God. That comes with learning your father's heart and knowing who he is to you and who he says he is. Um, I told you guys a couple episodes ago, I wanted to do an episode where we just talk about who God says he is. Um, And I think that's a really important kind of second step because if the enemy's goal is divide and conquer, then he's going to try to mar in your mind the picture of God. And this is where disappointment comes in. This is where um, discouragement, unbelief, all that gets sown into your heart when you don't know who God is. Um, And so I really just always encourage people whenever they're dealing with something, it's like, yeah, you and Jesus need to figure that out you know, I don't want to be anybody's answer because I'm not. <laughs> but also like there's something, there's a bonding that happens of forging a trust that is built when you seek God for yourself in his word to find out who he says he is. And once you let that be the, the anchor point, um, then it, it highlights for you all the lies of the enemy. It's like, oh, he's not faithful. Well, no, the scripture says that he is faithful and just. That's who he is, you know. So, I encourage you, have a word heavy diet, man, seek encounters with the Lord, seek the lord's presence um, and and definitely like get in the word to find out who He says He is, uh, because that is gonna be your pivot foot. having a word heavy life, encountering the Lord, and knowing who God says He is all of these i in all the in all in all the torment that I walked through, I kept kind of knowing I knew. Um that what I needed to know was the love of God. And I think we'll talk about that next week. But I knew, I knew, I knew, I knew. I was like, I gotta know who God is. I have to know who God is. I have to know. And I can't know it in my head. I have to know it in my heart. Like I have to know it with everything on the inside of me. Um because when I know who God is, I'm unstoppable. The enemy can say whatever the heck he wants to, and it's not gonna matter because I know my father. I know beyond. I know like I know that when I get in my bed, it's not going to fall on the ground (laughs) like because I trust it implicitly, you know, that kind of knowing. So it's Monday when you're listening to this and Monday is an opportunity. Monday is an opportunity to exercise the things that God is calling you into, to exercise the things that you're hearing, to push back on lies, to make progress. I mean, it's the start of a new week and it's a gift. So many people don't get the gift of another Monday, right? And that's kind of wacky and crazy. You know, being young, um, you feel like life is forever. <laughs> it doesn't end. But I, I think um, time, the realization of the reality of time and that it imposes limits is really kind of beginning to invade my life a lot more, but it makes me appreciate time, you know? So you have time today. You have opportunity today. Um, You have moments to make memories, to laugh. Um, Man, don't let anything rob life from you, steal life from you, because you don't get it back. And even in the times where you feel like, man, like, I wasted that, I blew that, whatever, God is a restorer and that's what the scriptures say <laughs> so uh if the enemy's beating you down about what you've lost and what you wasted and what you'll never get again ah no God is a restorer and if we look at the life of Job if there's nothing else that we we get out of his life it's that God knows how to make um our scrambled up eggs unscrambled and good he knows how to make them good he knows how to unscramble the most scrambled up egg um and and give us better and all throughout the scriptures there's all this stuff psalms 92 is another really good one where it talks about even in our old age we'll bring forth we'll still be green with spiritual sap like we'll still bring forth good fruit like we will be testaments that god is upright and faithful to his promises and so i hope this monday your expectation is up to see that god is upright and faithful to his promises happy 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 monday Live it to the fullest. Life is full. God is good. You are blessed. I love you. Bye.